Tell of all his wondrous works. Tell of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful, wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hey guys, I'm Tracy Conrad, and this is Wonderful to Tell. Today's a great day to celebrate. Today, we're bringing you our first episode. The episode we're about to play was recorded in front of a live audience on Saturday night, August 11th, 2018 in Fort Worth, Texas. We also have another reason to celebrate today. August 14th, 2018 happens to be our storyteller Jennifer Keita's 45th birthday. So this year, instead of giving Jennifer a gift, we're the ones being given a gift from Jennifer. Jennifer, a strong and courageous woman who has spent years making others stronger, healthier, and more alive, shares her story of how God has turned the tables on her, and now he is the one making Jennifer stronger, healthier, and more alive. So, happy birthday, Jennifer, and thanks for this wonderful present. Thanks, guys. Um, It is a privilege to get to share my story. I honestly remember probably about three years ago sitting in the car driving to my spin class, which is Zen 22 here in Fort Worth, and thinking to myself, because I love what I do, um, thinking to myself, my life is really comfortable right now. I'm a little worried. Like, it felt too comfortable. Like, I felt like something... God was probably going to do something because God doesn't want our lives to be that comfortable because that doesn't draw us closer to him. So um, let's see. I was trying to tell Tracy, like, I wasn't sure where to start from with my story because, like, you can go real far back or we can kind of start kind of somewhere and then get to where we are now. But um, so I decided to start with when my husband and I were hired to lead worship at Christ Chapel back in 98 or 99. Um, That was probably the first moment where like I realized God was putting us in this place in life where we were going to be influencers of who he was. And we, uh, we were both probably pretty immature in our faith at that point. I mean, we'd known the Lord for a long time, but really knowing what it looks like to kind of be authentic and share and be vulnerable with people um, was still something we were both kind of working through. And so we did that for 18 years, and, you know, at the beginning of all that, I was really, like, I, I've sung my whole life with my dad and through choir and school, and then now I'm put on the stage with my husband, and I'm supposed to sing with him, and so I'd get up there super nervous and think, oh, my gosh, what do people think of me? Is my voice good enough? Is it shaking? You know, because I'd get so nervous, my voice would shake, kind of like it is now, and, um, <laughs> and so uh, a lot of that's emotion, too, though, probably, um, so just... Uh, realizing in those moments, probably within about a couple years, there was one Sunday I was up there and I was so overwhelmed with nervousness. And it was like this flood of peace came over me and I heard the Lord say, this is not about you. It's never been about you and it never will be about you. This is about me. So let go of you and your insecurities and it's time to rise up and profess who I am and how you sing. And so it was in that moment I just thought, okay, yeah, it makes it a lot easier taking the pressure off who I am and how I appear to others. And so um, I would say at that point I got real comfortable with standing in front of people for the most part. And my voice actually changed. I felt more confident in how I sang. Um, and I just felt like the Lord blessed that obedience of just stepping out of myself and trusting him with the gifts that he had given me. 
And so we led for 18 years, and then about a year ago, my husband started realizing he was ready for, or he felt like the Lord was leading him to another place in life. Um, he's a songwriter, producer, um, great guitar player, and just really felt like the Lord was leading him to this next place where he was going to write music for TV, commercial, and film. Um, but what did that look like? And that was a big risk because so we had this steady job of being at Christ Chapel with this amazing community of people and friends in Fort Worth that we'd known for years. And all of a sudden, we were going to step out of that and just take a risk. And as a family that loves adventure and loves to travel and go to the mountains and be at the beach, um, we felt like we were being called to California, Ventura, California to be specific. And so last summer, it was about a year ago now, um, we stepped down from staff at Christ Chapel and decided to pursue that. And so um, we decided, okay, we need to sell our house. So that's where we start. And so we were like, how are we going to do that? Our house was built in 23. It had all sorts of like, that's 1923, right? <laughs> Not like 1823. Um, but it was old, and it is it is old. And so we just thought there's all this money that's going to have to go into it to even get it ready to be sold. And so we asked a friend of ours over to, who's a real estate agent just to say, hey, what, what should we do with this? And he's like, well, let me think about it. You know, should we focus on landscaping? Should we focus on painting? What does that mean? He comes back the next day and basically says, you know what, my friend and I want to buy it for you. So we thought, okay, this is, this is from the Lord. Like, our house is being sold. Like, we didn't have to show it. We didn't have to get somebody in there to rewire things because there's some old wiring in there. And we just thought, okay, that's the first step towards to where God's going to lead us. We really believed it was to Ventura. And then um, in October, early October, we went out to California to meet with a friend of ours, Nick Osterman, who had served at Christ Chapel for several years. He was now pastoring a church out in Ojai, California. And they, Brian, he and Brian talked, and Nick was like, we actually need a worship leader, and so as a part-time gig. And so we thought, oh my gosh, another open door. We're going to go. And so we went out and kind of auditioned with this church that was only 350 people, which is super refreshing and sweet, and we loved it. Um, and so we came back from there feeling like validated. Um, and so we started house hunting, found a house online that we were going to rent, and um, it was above what we could afford. So Brian wrote this wonderful long letter with a picture of our adorable <laughs> children <laughs> to say, look, this is what we're coming out for. This is what we want to do. You're asking this, but we can afford this. Would you be willing to come down on your price so we could live in this place? Because it was this house that was in this neighborhood on top of this hill that the backyard overlooked um, the ocean, basically. And so it was just another like, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. Because she came back and said, yeah, you can do that. And so we put in our notice because at that time, the guy that bought our house said we could lease it until December 31st, which was when we were going to move. And so during that time, um, see, late August, um, I was actually, I just had my year uh, checkup with my gynecologist and um, everything was normal and fine. And then in October, early October, my husband and I were in the kitchen and I literally had been the doctor and he said, you need to have a mammogram done. You've never had one. I'm almost 40. At the time was almost 44. It's time to get one done. And so um, I thought with, with no history in my family, I wasn't in a hurry, but I thought, okay, maybe I do need to do this. Well, literally the night that he and I were talking about it, I was touching my chest right up here and I felt a lump. And I didn't really think much of it because some people say it could be a fibrotic cyst. 
And so the next day I called and um, he said, come in, let's take a look at it. So we went in, I went in, he did an exam and said, okay, we're going to go ahead and get a diagnostic done and see what happens. We'll have a sonogram and diagnostic and see what they say. And so I went in in November, it was uh, right after Thanksgiving, and had that done. I was by myself because I just thought it was going to be a regular checkup, basically mammogram. And so the doctor, radiologist, came in right after the sonogram and mammogram and came in and said, you need to know that I'm 99% sure this is breast cancer. And in that moment, I just thought, I'm, I'm sorry, what? How is that even, like, what? And first of all, I'm by myself, no one's there. And he said, yes, I've seen these cases before, and from the way yours looks, there's not just one, but there's three. And I said, we, we need to be pretty aggressive with this. So he ordered a biopsy for the following week. And so I leave his office, and I remember walking to the garage, really trembling, like uncontrollably, not just kind of in shock. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, what are you up to? Like, this is so out of left field. This is so not our plan. We're moving in a month. We had our truck ready. I'd packed 30 boxes and um, got on the phone, called my husband and told him. And both of us were just like, what's going on? You know, and I didn't even think to myself, am I going to be okay? I just thought, what, what's happening? And so called my mom. My mom came up that weekend, um, did the biopsy. Again, it was 99% sure this is cancer. And so that was on December 5th. And that same night was when all those horrible fires happened in Ventura in California. And our street where our house was that we were already renting, (laughs) that whole street was on fire. And um, it was this moment where I'm I'm crying now, but looking back, he and I were laughing almost because it was like, what is this? Like, it was almost, it was laughable because it was so shocking. Like, why are you closing these doors so dramatically? What is going on? And so, um, like, but through all that, we continue to trust that there's a plan because God has always been faithful to our family, just like with Jace, like, just provided in ways that were out of left field and amazing. And um, so, December 8th, I'm walking to my spin class at 9 o'clock. Dr. Tatum, my gynecologist, calls me to tell me the results. And um, he said, Jennifer, he goes, it's, it's cancer, and it's stage 2, and, you know, you're going to be okay. And he prayed for me on the phone. And I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> and do you thank your doctor for that? Yes, you do, because he prayed for you. Um, and then I called my husband and said, it's confirmed. I have cancer, and... I got to go teach a spin class. (laughs) And so I walked into that room. And for those of you who don't know me, like in the last three years, um, that company and what I do there has been therapy for me. God has used that in a beautiful way for that to be a platform for me to be able to express to people how important they are and that they're worth fighting for. I've been preaching that from my podium for two and a half years, and I got up there that morning, and I thought, am I worth fighting for? Yes, absolutely. God absolutely told me that in my heart, you're as much worth fighting for as all these people that are here to take your spin class, and we're going to fight. And I'll tell you about this bracelet I'm wearing here in a second, but um, that word fight has been a big part of our journey in the last several months. And so got up there, taught my spin class, left, 
went and taught another one in South Lake, and my husband showed up, which is probably one of the most romantic things he's ever done because it's South Lake, and he drives a 98 Subaru Forester, and it smokes and steams, and he, he took it up there just so he could be in my class, and that was pretty epic. But um, So realized I had cancer. We had to cancel the truck. How long is my going? <laughs> okay. Um, realized that we had to cancel the truck. All the boxes that were in our dining room kitchen had to go up in the attic. And so uh, we had some friends come over and help us do that just to get them out of the way. And we had planned on January 10th being the day I would do my double mastectomy, which they had recommended was the best thing to do just to make sure it didn't come back. And so um, went in January 10th. And I will say before all of that, I had this outpour of people that poured into our family in such a beautiful way. One of those groups was, um, I'm an ambassador for Lululemon. And um, the day before, or the weekend before I had my surgery, I was teaching a class and I showed up and they had balloons with the breast cancer ribbon and like the whole room was packed and it was the most beautiful just scene of love and support and you're going to win this fight and gave me a confidence that that I needed at the time and so um then January 10th came along and um had the mastectomy and actually I had told my reconstructive surgeon her name is Danielle LeBlanc she I said you know there's a lot of people praying for me so you guys are definitely covered in prayer. So whatever happens, I trust the Lord and I trust you with whatever happens. And so um, as soon as I woke up, and I remember this even though it was completely foggy, she whispered in my ear, she said, I don't know who was praying for you or how many, she said, but it could not have been more beautiful and, and amazing. Like they got rid of all the cancer. They were able to get implants in at the same time. And that just doesn't happen very often. And there was nothing in the lymph nodes. And that was a praise. Um, so I woke up knowing that I was going to be okay. And um, from that point on, I came home, and I just remember being flooded. And like it's almost a fog now because hey, at, the, at the beginning I was on a lot of pain meds, but it was just unbelievable the outpour of love from our church and from our community of how they poured into us and loved on us and gave us that belief that. Even though these doors had been closed for whatever reason, and we're still trying to figure all that out, we don't know why, and we may never know why, but we know that he's protected us and he's covered us with our, with our people. And actually today, I was telling Tracy, I went over, and I have this huge basket of cards that was given to me, um, and I just collected them because I knew I'd want to go back and read them at some point, just more in detail. And uh, so today I did that just to remind myself, like Jace was talking about, don't forget don't forget where you've come from and what's happened. Um, and one of the cards that stood out to me was from a friend of ours. Um, and it said, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Romans 8.37. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. And no matter what God pours in your life, like you were able to take that, that junk and that mess, and he makes it into something so incredibly beautiful. And... Um, I just, I, it's hard to put into words, honestly, for a story to make you really understand the heart of what I feel for what God has done for our family and for my healing and for being cancer-free. The other one that stuck out to me was from our friend Kathy Burr, who many of you know. She said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. 
Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward the cry. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save the crushed in spirit. Saves the crushed in spirit. And that is where we are. We are still crushed in spirit. Like the story isn't over. And I'll come back maybe in a year and we'll give another episode two. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. And I absolutely believe that, that my fear and my anxiety and all that we're still going through, my husband has some medical things going on now, um, that he is with us and he's continued to provide. And my platform now, when I stand six weeks after my surgery, I was able to get back on a bike and start teaching again. And that is the gift of the Lord because he knew I needed to get back and start sharing what he'd done for us. And so being able just to tell people, God is good. No matter what you're going through, he's there with you. He is faithful. You may feel so dark. You may feel so broken and on your knees, but we were never meant to stay there. He calls us to rise up and to show his light and to be lights in this world. And so by God, (laughs) it's the last thing I do with everything that I am. I will continue to do that because he is good. And we're still going to walk through this, and it may still get messy. We don't know, but we're so ready for whatever he has. And I would encourage you that no matter where you are, no matter what life is throwing out at you right now, you are worth fighting for. And I told you I was going to tell you about this bracelet, and then I'll be done. During this whole time with um, post-surgery, I started getting these bracelets in the mail. None of them are related to each other. The first one was Abide and talking about how God abides with us. And the next one was, it's engraved with you. And a friend of mine was reminding me that your friends in God are with you. After that came another friend of mine who sent one who was another breast cancer survivor, and it just says survivor. So, so far we have abide with you, survivor. Mm -hmm. And then the last one was, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I wear those in order all the time, and I do not take them off because I believe the Lord had a message to share with me that whole time that I'd be able to share with other people. He will abide with you. You are a survivor, and he will fight for you. Thank you, guys. Abide with you, survivor. The Lord will fight for you. Be still. Such a wonderful story and beautiful words to take with us. To see photos of Jennifer and learn more about her story and other stories we've showcased, go to wonderfuldetail.com or on Instagram at wonderfuldetail. This episode was produced by me, Tracy Conrad, along with Michael, Kevin, and Brad Conrad, with invaluable support of our crew members, Nancy Pitstick and Karen Wilcutts, and special help from Mark and Debbie Jones, Haley and Jeffrey Brown, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed the intro, and Lindy Conrad came up with our name. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. Thanks for listening. 